This is an ABC podcast. Hi, I'm Melissa Clark, and this is the Australia Votes podcast. It's Easter Monday, and the election campaign has been ambling along at a somewhat slower pace over the long weekend, but there's still plenty happening. So to take a quick look at what is going on on the campaign trail, I've got James Glenday with me. Hi, James. Hi, Mel. So Anthony Albanese didn't announce any new policies today. Instead, he was really under pressure to explain details of healthcare policy he'd announced late last week around urgent care clinics. Scott Morrison, on the other hand, he headed West. And while he was in the big state, he announced some extra details around help for first home buyers. We are increasing the price caps that determine the eligibility of properties under the Home Guarantee Scheme. Yeah, so there's this scheme that if you are a first home buyer, the government gives you support to have a smaller deposit effectively. And there are limits on this scheme for how expensive the house is that you want to buy as a first home owner. And there are also caps on how many people can be in that program. The biggest thing that's changed today is that price caps on the value of the property has gone up. So it means that more people can actually use the policy. It was criticised for being unworkable because house prices were already too high to, to fit into that. A sensible change and one that Labor had had been calling for and they're now mm. matching that policy commitment as well of those changed caps. Now look, the other thing we've seen over this long weekend is a lot of attention on should we call them gaffes or slip-ups? It probably depends on your point of view on the circumstance. Mm. But there's been a lot of criticism of Anthony Albanese initially for not knowing the RBA cash rate and the unemployment rate. We've now had Scott Morrison address the press as Mr Speaker. And the, the, the issue, Mr Speaker, uh, Mr Speaker, <laughs> here we go, I'm back in Parliament, there we go. Uh, and then perhaps more substantially, well definitely more substantially, uh, today saying that Job Seeker had been lifted from $40 to $46 a week. As you know, we, we increased from 40 bucks. Uh, a week to 46 bucks a week. When, of course, that's the uh, the daily figure, not the weekly figure. James, what do you make of these slip-ups uh, and the coverage of them? This is obviously a slip-up by the Prime Minister, but he's obviously misspoken and just got his week and days uh, mixed up. It's not as fundamental of an issue as getting a policy costing wrong and having to correct it. It's not as fundamental as getting a policy wrong, saying that Labor supports temporary protection visas, which they don't and they haven't for a very, very long time. And it's not as fundamental as not knowing something like the unemployment rate, which is a pretty fundamental thing that a major party leader can expect to be asked during an election campaign. So there is a difference. Has there been too much focus on slip-ups? Some people would argue there has. Um, has there been not been enough focus on policy? I would argue that there probably hasn't been enough focus on policy, but both major parties are trying to not focus on policy. They think their best chance of success is attacking each other. And that is why you've got Anthony Albanese visiting flood-affected communities today. He sees it as a major weakness of this government. Uh, I've been to uh, flood-affected communities here in Brisbane on a number of occasions and it is, it is just quite shocking uh, to see the devastation uh, that was there. Rachel Mealy is an ABC current affairs reporter in Brisbane, so she'll have some local insights into what the election campaign means to Australians in this part of the country. Rachel, Anthony Albanese visited some flood-affected victims today. He made a point of going to homes uh, of families that had had complete inundation 
during the recent rainfall events. We still really are in the immediate aftermath of the disaster. I mean, you must barely have your feet dry in Brisbane at the moment. That's right. I mean, it hasn't been too long. It was, you know, only a couple of weeks ago now that this was a very different story in this city and uh, people were, you know, very distracted from events in Canberra by the events in their own backyards. You know, there was just vast devastation across this city. It just seemed to affect pretty much everyone that you spoke to. You know, people who've had to close the doors on long-standing businesses and, you know, homes that they never in a million years would have thought would have faced inundation like they did. And now we have an election campaign upon everyone and we have with Anthony Albanese not just visiting and expressing sympathy but offering a different approach to dealing with disasters. The ALP has a disaster readiness fund saying that they'll spend $200 million a year on mitigation. And and look, this is really aimed to address some of the criticism of the Morrison government that they haven't been spending the money in their emergency response fund. The government had a $4 billion emergency response fund that they treated like an ATM and just added up to $4.8 billion as if there wasn't a need uh, to invest and to uh, take action. Uh, under the announcement that Murray and I made in January, we'll have a disaster-ready fund, $200 million a year, every year, working with local communities, working with state governments to make sure that we address these issues. So, Rachel, on the ground, is there anger and frustration about what's being done or if enough is being done when it comes to mitigation and prevention of these sorts of disasters? Well, Mel, when I was out and about reporting on the floods, I think that that line about what can be done about flood mitigation was obviously really hitting hitting home, so to speak. You know, people were sort of saying, well, why hasn't any money been spent looking at this problem of, of you know, Brisbane being, being built on a floodplain? What kind of mitigation can be done to ensure that it doesn't happen again? But when you look at the electorates where the, um, the flooding happened, you know, there's a big concentration in the seat of Brisbane, which is where I'm talking to you from today. Um, and when you look at the count of how people voted last time, there was a 20% vote that went to the Greens in the primary votes last time. And so you really have to wonder, you know, whether the flood itself will have much of a difference. That's interesting. There's obviously already a a very strong prevailing concern about environmental issues. I think we can safely assume with a with a, a higher Greens primary vote like that, which is much higher than what their primary vote would be nationally by comparison. But this is an interesting seat. We've got uh, the sitting member, Trevor Evans, who's a, a Liberal MP. He's got it by a margin of uh, 4.9%. Labor clearly has high hopes that their candidate, Madonna Jarrett, can, can take it over. Uh, what's the mood on the ground? How, how, are you getting a sense of how things might be different or perhaps even the same this time around compared to the 2019 election? Yeah, well, Brisbane is a really interesting seat and it's been traditionally a bit of a Labor stronghold. It was held by the member Arch Bevis before it was uh, redistributed about in the 2010 um, election. And since then, you know, it's sort of um, flopped around a bit, but it has been held by Evans since 2016. Trevor Evans is a pretty visible and, you know, he's been a pretty effective and well-known local member, but 
the Labor Party is putting what they see as a high quality candidate up against him, a, a sort of lifetime um, corporate uh, advisor, Madonna Jarrett, will be up against him in this coming federal election. But it really is a, a three-way contest. When you look again at the primary votes from last time, the Greens um, did poll around about 20%. And this time they've got the candidate Stephen Bates up against both of them. Now, I went out on the streets of, um, of the, the electorate of Brisbane this morning just to see what sort of mood um, was about. And uh, I stood outside Trevor Evans's uh, electorate office in Albion. Who are you going to vote for? Uh, Liberal. Scott Morrison. Do you know who your local member is? No, because I just moved. I'll give you a clue. Troy Evans. Trevor. Trevor Evans. There you go. There's your local <laughs> member. Can I ask you, are you following the election closely? Um, sort of. It's driving me crazy. I'm hating it. I Why? mostly print. It's just they're like children, and there's so many really important issues out there, and I just hit me, particularly when Scott Morrison speaks. And so how do you intend to vote this time? Um, well, for the first time, I'd say I'm a pretty conservative voter, but I've actually really paid attention and said, well, I'm responsible for this too. So I'm probably going to go Greens because at least I think we need different voices. I'm really tempted to try and vote the, like the, well, not just the two major parties, but the four major parties um, as low as possible and then try and get some independence in. That's really interesting that that's the mood you're hearing in Brisbane because it certainly does seem to be more broadly uh, this feeling of discontent with the major parties. And in other parts of the country, we're seeing that manifest with votes going to smaller minor parties or the, the so-called teal independence, the independence-backed by Climate 200, which is certainly playing a, a really big role in, in parts of Melbourne and in Sydney. But that's not the case in Brisbane. It seems that uh, uh, the Greens, at least in southeastern Queensland, uh, are the place to park a protest vote. Yeah, so it's interesting that you would have thought that this was ripe for the picking in Brisbane, was, uh, you know, a teal independent to put their hand up and sort of garner some of that discontent of the major parties that we're hearing. But it, it hasn't happened. So it really does come down to that sort of traditional contest of the major and the minor parties. So, Rachel, what about the other seats in Brisbane? Because there are some Labor marginals, there are some Liberal marginals. It seems like there's a lot of perhaps fruitful hunting ground for both parties that are looking to pick up seats here. Yeah, Mel, well, an interesting one to look at is, you know, south of the Brisbane River, the seat of Griffith, which is held by the Labor Party at the moment on a margin of 2.9%. And, you know, they're really sending a lot of resources into that area to try to hold on. That, of course, was the seat that was once held by the former Prime Minister, Kevin Rudd. And again, in northern Brisbane, in the seat of Lilly, you've got another Labor seat that's held only by a margin of 0.7%. And the um, that's the member, Annika Wells. And, and speaking of floods, and flood recovery. Annika Wells was really visible in the flood recovery with her local community. That's interesting. What about Peter Dutton? I mean, his seat of Dixon uh, is one where in the past has certainly verged into marginal territory. It was pretty tight in 2019. I mean, he's spending a lot of time away from the electorate um, campaigning on defence issues. So uh, that would suggest to me he's not too worried about uh, what's happening at home. 
Yeah, that's right. We haven't seen him sort of home in his electorate like we have in, in previous election campaigns. But the campaign is still young, though. Good to note that we're only in the second week. But um, I think that, you know, he just has the gift of profile, Peter Dutton. You know, a defence minister, um, it does, you know, bring with it a, a level of profile. He's on the Nine Network often as a, um, you know, the the sort of... Um, the the weekly chat that he has with the morning show there. So he's got a really very good profile out of Canberra, but he's also a very well-known and well-liked local member in Dixon. The Australia Votes podcast will be back tomorrow. We'll keep on the track of the leaders of the major parties and delve into the local issues as they travel around the country and we follow them there. You can subscribe to this podcast on the ABC Listen app. I'm Melissa Clark, and until next time, thanks for listening. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.